Uh, hi guys, my name is Monique, for those of you who don't know me, um, and I'm really honoured and really privileged and really excited to be able to share this message with you because God's really placed it on my heart to share to you about having a servant heart and what that looks like in our lives. Yeah, so you guys excited for this? Woo, okay, awesome. So before I begin, um, I have a little bit of a story to share. Uh, so I was writing this message My life group knows about this. I told them that. Um, I was writing this message, and just as I finished, um, and I was like, oh, I'm good, good, servant heart. I've got this. Thank you, Lord, for making me a humble servant. (laughs) And I was sorted. And then my dad comes into my room. Hi, Dad. Um, Comes into my room, and he says, hey, Monique, uh, I really need you to come help move the fridge. And we'd because we'd sold our fridge, and I don't know if you guys have ever tried to move a fridge, but those things are heavy. And my brother wasn't home, so obviously I'm the second choice. Thank you. <laughs> and No, but I have, I have zero upper body strength. I would be zero benefit for this. I mean, to be honest, most likely I'd, yeah, most likely I'd be like a buffer. When we're carrying the fridge, I'll be a buffer to my dad so that because I can't carry the thing, I can't hold the thing up. So I was like, Dad, are you just asking me to lay down my life for you? Is that it? <laughs> uh, and he says, no, please, can you come? Can you come help? And I kid you not, the words out of my mouth were, but I don't want to. We've all been there. Yeah, yeah. We've all, we've all had those words come out of our mouth or thought them. And going, but I don't want to. When we're kids and our parents tell us to do something, when we're adults and we think it, but we don't say it because we're adults, so we don't say what we're really thinking, that I don't want to. All right? Yeah, and I just, I wanted to share this because for there's somebody in this room or multiple people in this room who need to know that this kind of thing is an ongoing process. Come on. It's an ongoing process. God, our God is not a God of perfection. Our God is a God of progression, right? Yes. Awesome. And secondly, I just wanted to share this because um, as I said those words, God just tapped on me on the shoulder and said, so uh, what was that you were saying about having a servant heart? And it doesn't make me look good to share this story, but I'm telling you, where I am weak, he is strong, right? He is made... Uh, Where I am flawed, where I am flawed, God is flawless. Where I fall short, He not only comes in and lifts me up out of that shortcoming, but He carries me all the way to the finish line. Where I reach my limit, He not only meets me there, but He surpasses me and takes me far beyond what I could have ever thought, dreamed, or imagined. Come on, church. So God, I just... I pray tonight, Lord, that you will just speak into people's lives and that they will be touched and they will have a deeper relationship with you out of this, God, that they will have a deeper revelation of who you are, of what your heart is for these people, God. So we just thank you, Lord. Okay, come on. Let's begin. Last week, Kathan shared about um, encountering God. And one of the things that I want to put to you is that When you encounter God, the more time you spend in His presence, the more you become like Him. It's, you know, you've heard it said, oh, you're like the five people that you hang out with the most, right? Well, I put this to you, that the same thing happens with Jesus, right? 
that the more time we spend with Jesus, the more we become like Him. And you can say, okay, Monique, yeah, that sounds real great. Uh, But what does that look like? Mark 10, verse 45. For the Son of Man did not come to serve, to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. And we see here that His mission was twofold, right? His mission was to come and serve and to give His life for the world. And then we know that He also was raised from the dead and He is alive to this day. And I want to talk about that first part though. I mean, it's intertwined, but that first part about serving, that's Jesus' heart. So to do that, to illustrate that point, we're going to look at Luke 22. Get your devices out. Get your Bibles out if you're old-fashioned like me. We're going to go to Luke 22. And what I want you guys to do um, is think about the disciples. So Jesus had these 12 disciples, right? These 12 guys that he went and he uh, said to them, come, follow me. Come on, let's go on an amazing adventure. Let's go on a journey. Let's go impact the world. He said, come, follow me. And to give some historical context, all right, uh, in those days, so Jesus was a rabbi. In those days, rabbis would go out and they'd go uh, choose disciples to come follow them. And they'd say, come, follow me. And they would go, most of them would just go to boys, to 13-year-old boys, because that's, that's when they had their bar mitzvahs and they were considered culturally ready for all of this. And so most of them would go and choose those boys and those boys would be raised up. They'd learn, to, um, they'd learn from the rabbi. And then if they were considered good enough, after a while they would become rabbis themselves. So, but what Jesus went, and this is another thing that he did that's completely against the culture of the times, is he went and he chose fishermen and he chose tax collectors. He chose young men. I mean, if you look at the Bible, some of them are married. They were late teens, maybe early 20s, round about then. So he chose men that were past the point of thinking that they could be anything great. And he said, come follow me. Let's go on an awesome adventure. And these guys were like, yes, this is so exciting. Let's go. Let's do it. And then in Luke 22, chapter 22, verse 24, after the three years of these disciples serving Jesus and following him, Jesus comes to the close And he's at the Last Supper, and he says to them, Hey, guys, I'm going to be killed. I'm going to die, and one of you is going to betray me. And the disciples were like, Nah, Jesus, you're too cool. You're too cool to die. That's the original Greek translation. (laughs) He said, Nah, no, Jesus, surely not you, this amazing person who's done all these miracles. And then they started arguing about who was going to betray them. Now, this is what stood out to me, verse 24. They were arguing about who was going to betray him. And then a dispute, verse 24, also arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. So they started arguing about who was going to be the greatest, as in who was going to replace their rabbi, who was going to come next. And Jesus said to them, listen, the kings of the Gentiles, so other people who aren't Jews, they lord it over them. And those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one at the table? But I am among you 
as one who serves. So verse 26, you are not to be like that. You are not to be like the world that is the culture of those times that is about if you are ruling, you are to lord it over people. Jesus was completely countercultural. He had this revolutionary idea of it's not about your leadership, your leadership position. It is about serving others. And we see this, listen, we see this when Jesus was uh, traveling with his disciples, his 12 disciples, and they'd finished traveling and Jesus went and washed his disciples' feet. A rabbi who washes his disciples' feet, his servants' feet. Who does that? It was unheard of in those times. Yet Jesus went and said, I'm not going to be like the culture of the world. I'm going to be greater than it. And, okay, I'm going to be honest with you, church. Is that all right? Yeah? The world that we live in today, it's kind of self-obsessed. I mean, we see it. We see it, right? We see it in the media. We see it in the news, in our daily interactions with people. It's all about me. How can I serve myself? How can I satisfy myself? How can I help myself? And Or how can I look like I'm satisfied, but really I'm actually not because I'm telling you that kind of path does not lead to satisfaction. Serving yourself does not lead to fulfillment. And Jesus said we need to be different. We need to go out. We need to pour out into people, into our communities, because at the end of the day, it's bigger than ourselves. This world is bigger than ourselves, and that's the attitude, the heart that Jesus had. Okay, so how does that look practically? Number one, my first point, I've got three points. Number one, how can we do this? How can we have that servant heart? We need to make it less about ourselves, less of me. Less of me. And I I mean, I say this in the nicest way possible. You are loved, and yes, you need to be loving yourself and be kind to yourself and take care of yourself and not be a doormat or anything like that. Allow, um, treat people the way you want to be treated, all of those things. But at the end of the day, who we are is not as important as who God is. And so we need to get it, we need to start prioritizing. We need to think, okay, what do I spend most of my time thinking about, me or God? We need to prioritize. And church, I'm telling you this because who you prioritize or what you prioritize becomes what you serve. I'll say that again. What you prioritize becomes what you serve. And what you serve becomes what you reflect. Okay, so I'm logical. Let's take this through logically. I am flawed. Flawed. Very flawed. I have issues. I'm not perfect. God is perfecting me. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. But I am flawed. If I prioritize myself, I'm prioritizing something that's flawed. And I'm serving something that's flawed. And thus, I am reflecting flaws onto the world, onto people in my daily interactions. And Listen, the world needs less of me, less of those flaws, and more of God. I'd rather be part of something bigger than myself than be at the center of something small. And I'm small compared to our God, who is so great and so good and so beautiful. So, I mean, even as leaders, and we're all leading, we're all influencing in some area in our lives, we need to understand that leadership is only for a season, It's only for a little while when we lead. And so 
what we need to understand is that we're temporary. We need to be shifting into the generations and the generations after that because we're part of something big, something grander than just ourselves. So practically, for me, that looks a lot like every morning I wake up and I say, God, I dedicate my day to you. I'm going to serve you. I don't know how that's going to look. Sometimes I get it wrong. A lot of the time I get it wrong. But I keep asking God, God, how can I serve you? I'm going to dedicate my day to you. Because we like to make it about ourselves. And we like to be in control. Point number two, we need to submit. Submission is difficult. I think it's because in the world that we live in, submission is seen as something weak. I'm going to tell you, submission requires strength. Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done. He submitted to the Father's will. And when he said this, he was actually in the garden and he was about to die. He knew that he was about to die. The Bible says that he, his sweat was like drops of blood. And we know medically that this is actually something that happens, that when people are under so much stress, so much pressure, that the blood vessels in their face burst and out through the pores comes blood. Kind of gross. But we know that Jesus was under so much, such intense pressure, and yet he had the audacity to go countercultural and say, not my will, but yours be done, God. I'm going to submit to you. I'm going to surrender to you. And that's going to speak to some people here because I feel like there's some people who have come in here and you've struggled with surrender. You've struggled with trust. You've been hurt so bad in the past that you don't know how to even trust. And you don't want, you don't want to uh, let go of that control. And I'll be honest with you, I was in that place as well. I was in a place where I thought, I'll never be able to love again. I don't think I'll ever be able to trust again. And God reached into my life and he took me gently and he said, I will be with you every step of the way and you can open up in your own time, but I'm going to be there with you regardless. And I stand here today and I trust God and I love him. And I never thought that I would. makes me emotional just thinking about that. He is so good. Even in our callings, there are some people here and you feel like God has called you somewhere. He's placed something on your heart, but where you are right now and where he has called you to be are two different places. And you're like, God, this place that I am in does not reflect where I feel you have called me to go. And I feel like God is saying to you, wait, wait on me, serve me in this place. And there's a really good illustration. We shouldn't be waiting Waiting, God, when are you coming? We should be waiting, serving, like a waiter, right? Waiters serve. Doesn't that fit so well? It's so great. Matthew 6 verse 33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be given to you as well. Seek first God's desires and everything will fall into place. Everything will come together. Submission is a deliberate acceptance of God's ability to direct events by seeing it as part of a bigger picture. And because that's so awesome, guys, I want to lead you to that third point. So we've done uh, make it less about yourself. Yeah, we've done submit. And lastly, we're going to go to be excited to serve. Be excited We have to do it with a joyful heart. We can't go and serve and be like, okay, we've all heard this before. 
oh my gosh, I served like six hours on Sunday. And it was just so hard, but I'm, I'm doing it for God's work. <laughs> I'm just a humble servant. Yeah? <laughs> We're all thinking of someone. Let me tell you, that's you. I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> First Chronicles 28 verse 9. Acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and a willing mind. A willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. And it's so easy to kid ourselves and think, I'm being humble. But actually, We're either doing it for ourselves or we're doing it for praise from others. We're looking for recognition from others. And God knows the heart. And one of my friends said this to me. He said that we need to go to God for his glory, not to man for his praise. What are you prioritizing? What are you finding your joy in, your excitedness in? Are you excited because people are going to be there and they're going to tell you you're going to do a good job? Or are you excited because you're part of something big, something that you're doing for God? Your heart is after God's desires. I'm telling you, this is a mind shift change. This is a mindset change. Sorry, not a mind shift change. Um, And this is a heart attitude that needs to be shifted and position. We need to start positioning ourselves to receive more of God. We need to, firstly, not be doormats. But we also should not be doorstops. When God pours into us, we shouldn't stop the love right there at ourselves. We need to open it up. We need to reflect him in everything that we do. We can't just be rolled over by people, but we also can't stop ourselves from ever trusting people again, from ever being vulnerable again, from ever serving people again, because all because we've been hurt in our past. And I'm saying this with all love, but that is not God's heart. He wants to continue through you into others, through them into others. It's an ongoing effect. We belong to something bigger than ourselves. I'm going to leave you with this because our church theme this year is belonging, right? We've all heard this before, belonging. I'm going to put this to you that belonging is not just community of people. You can belong to a purpose. You can belong to a cause. You can belong to something bigger than just yourself. What's our purpose? What's our cause? To serve God to bring his desires into the world, to let it be seen, to reflect him in everything that we do. And that comes from a place of love. So at the very essence of a servant's heart is a heart of love. And from those places, we can serve and we can pour into our communities. We can pour into our universities. We can pour into our families, into our friends, into people that we just meet on the street. We can serve. So, guys, I just want you to close your eyes and bow your heads because I'm going to do two calls, two altar calls. Uh, Firstly, there's people here and this really resounded with you and you hadn't seen God in this way before. You didn't realize that he was a God of love. You'd been raised to think that he was probably angry at you or he wanted something from you. God wants nothing but you, just you, as you are, broken, like Bonnie said. And so if you want to commit your life to God, if you want to commit your life to the heart of a servant who is 
His heart is after you and His heart is after other people. If you want to commit yourself to a life like that, I want you guys to raise your hands if you want to give your life to Jesus tonight. Thank you. See that hand. Thank you. See that hand. If you want to commit your life to Jesus, thank you. See that. Thank you. See that as well. Awesome. Thank you. That's great. That's beautiful. Just a couple more seconds. God really wants you in His life. He really loves you. He really wants you to pour into people and He wants to pour into you. Awesome. Thank you, guys. That's wonderful. All right. And then the next thing that I want us to go into is there's people here who have been challenged by this message. And this is something that is also resounding in you. And you want to. You want to let go. You want to surrender. You want to trust again. You want to submit to God. You want to make it about Him. You want to start prioritizing. You want that mind shift in your life. You want that heart attitude of a servant heart because you want to be more like Jesus. If that's you guys, I want you to stand up. Take a little bit of courage, but stand up. Awesome, awesome church. If you want to be more like Jesus, stand up. (laughs) That's so great. We're going to pray together. Dear God, thank you for this church. Thank you for your heart. Thank you that you want the best for us and you want to love us and you want us to be more like you. God, we commit our lives to you and we dedicate our lives to you over and over again daily. Lord, we commit our lives to you. And God, I pray that you will just shift our hearts and shift our attitudes to be focused on you and to be focused on pouring your love that you've given us so graciously into the lives of others. God, I pray that people who are struggling with trust right now, God, that you will just help them to open up, to relax, to surrender. And Lord, for people who have given their heart to you, Lord, I pray that you will stand with them every step of the journey that they will continue to live for you, that we will all continue to live for you, God, that we will know that in our weaknesses, in our flaws, God, you are strong. God, we prioritize you and we serve you. Create in us servant hearts, Father. Thank you, Lord.